righty then. It's week two of the churn. Your host, the commish with the co-host, Sir Bron. Week one's in the books. How are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you? How's everything going? I mean, Chargers fan, you kind of got to be excited to be on the winning side of a missed field goal. Um, winning side of a, a missed field goal. Also winning side of a bad, I, questionable offensive pass interference call. There was a few of those this week in the NFL. Um, tell you what, though, by about 4.15, 4.30 on Sunday, I was gassed. I felt like I was exhausted, almost like my – I also did not get conditioned and ready for the season. I saw Night Football, I was asleep by halftime. So a couple of things that I'll be working on myself coming into week two is coffee, caffeine, endurance, getting through every game this week. What, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to say the no preseason kind of hurt, um, at least the fans, because I felt the same way where it's like that four o'clock game rolls around, I'm just falling asleep on the couch. Obviously, I – I didn't. I stayed up, but I felt the eyes. I felt the eyes shutting. Um, and then going back to the bad calls, I will say I do think the AJ Green one was more of a penalty than Gallup. Um, I think both, though. I'd rather them not be called. I don't know. I don't, I don't like the ticky tacky fouls called at the end of games. I think that that's a bad way um, to close out games. Yeah, I think we definitely lost that game on the field. And uh, do you think Randy Bullock? Uh, he do you think he faked? An injury yeah. there? What are we? What are we thinking there? I mean, 100%. he booted it six miles right. So I mean, that's. Did you, did you hear his quote after the game? What he said? No, I, I didn't hear it. Let's hear that one again. So he said after the game that he felt cramping in his left calf, and if you go back and watch the replay, he immediately grabs his right calf. So mm. I'm all in on the he faked an injury, which I respect. I mean, there's no fans there to boo him anyway. Um, but I think that that was a pro move. Pro move from a shitty kicker like Randy Bullock. Just fake an injury when you miss it. I would do the same thing. Love that. And good for us, too. We, we've been on the bad side of those field, field goals before as a lifelong Chargers fan. We know that Phillip Rivers in the fourth quarter is something that I've lived through many days, many weeks. I've gotten a lot of text messages and a lot of flack from that before. Moving forward, Colts. Phillip Rivers in the fourth quarter, same guy, different uniform. It's just kind of crazy how that all plays out. And then the Jags steal a win week one right away from him. So Phillip Rivers in the fourth quarter, I don't know if you're still how loyal you are to Phil. You, it might be fun now for you to watch these games and just kind of enjoy the weekly Phillip Rivers fourth quarter, end of the game. He's always down by a weird score, too. It's never like a clean three or clean seven. It's always like he's down two, he's down six, he's down eight, something like that, where it's like he needs to do this and then do that to come back and win. So it, it was fun watching it. Um, I think he stinks, though. I think the Colts are – I think they'll be good just because I think there's a lot of talent. But I I don't think they're winning that division. Um, I, I would still take the Titans, and I would still take the – I would take the Texans over the um over the Colts well the Texans were asleep at the wheel and I, I think I agree with you on the Titans pick there if like we're talking division mm -hmm. um and to your question loyalty to Rivers it's it's really not there I mean what in terms of loyalty are we asking for I've never seen a Super Bowl Super Bowl win I've seen a lot of heartbreak and I'm not a Patriots fan that's gonna follow Tom Brady to, to you know Tampa Bay and 
all of a sudden become a Bucks fan. You know, my loyalties to the team that I've been following for a long time. You know that. Um, which leads us right into the first segment. We want to talk about Brady and the Bucks. How do we feel just in general about that team with the mojo they had and the way they played? They're one of the teams I need to see in four weeks. Um, if we're talking it's week four, week five, and they're still having the issues I think they had offensively, I think then it's time to start talking. But right now I'm not going to get too worked up about it. I think the Saints are a really good team. Um, I think that defense is very good and one of the best ones in the NFL. Um, in the offensive line, I mean, Donovan Smith, he was getting destroyed all game. Um, but I, I think the Bucks will be fine. Like I said, it, just so many new faces there between Brady, Gronk. You're trying to mix in Fournette. It, it's just it, – it's going to take a little bit, especially no preseason, limited, uh, limited OTAs and everything. So, I think they'll be fine. Um, how do you feel? I might be more on the opposite side of things. Fournette picked right back up where he left off from Jags. Five carries, five yards, something like that. Just typically, okay, you want him to move forward a couple yards. He really couldn't get it done. I Ronald Jones, he ran hard, played good. They gave him, gave him a lot of work. Gronk, I think, is more of an act down there. More for show. Like, we got Gronk, great. Don't really love it. Don't think it works that well. And I, I, their receivers are now banged up too. And the idea of this high-powered offense that they had behind Brady isn't really necessarily going to come to fruition, in my opinion, because he doesn't run, first of all, and he's not pushing the ball downfield um, aggressively like he was, you know, like he was when he was younger. So I'm actually on the other side of that where I'm I'm not out on the Bucks week one, but I lean more towards the idea that it's more smokescreen and not so much exactly what people thought it was going to be. So you're not hitting the panic button, but you're hovering your hand over it. Like you well, are, you're kind of like, okay, maybe like, maybe we're getting to the spot where we need to be worried. Well, the panic button, obviously it's under the glass, right? You have to flip the glass mm-hmm. open for I've looked, I've looked at the glass. I've maybe okay. touched it and held it. I haven't opened it up yet. Okay. Okay. Panic time there. I, also, you know, being that I have absolutely no stake in the Bucks this year, I would not really care if if they just absolutely tank and, and aren't that great. Um, mo- moving forward, do you think no fans, big difference in, in what we're seeing there? How do you think the, the NFL handled that this week? Honestly, I thought they handled it as well as they could. Um, obviously, you want to have fans there, but I honestly, I didn't mind it. I barely noticed it. Um, I noticed it a little bit more, I think, in, like, the primetime games when that's the only thing on. But when we're getting the full afternoon of red zone, you're just going game to game to game, play to play to play. You're not you're not that worried. Um, I do think that that might have been the reason why we've seen kickers struggle because they – I think they're just so in their own head about it. Uh, they're thinking way too much. And I think you saw that with Bullock, and that's why he missed. So, that, to me, I, I feel like the only people who it might really be affecting are the kickers. You don't think it's easier for them with no noise in the backdrop? Well, I mean, after the results we saw of all these guys missing, I, I think it might be the other way where they're thinking too much. And they're like, okay, I have no reason to not make this. And, I mean, you see Gostowski on Monday night. I mean, the late game, I didn't watch. But just seeing, like, waking up the next day, seeing you missed, the, what was it, three kicks and an extra point, but then he hit four, the game winner. Four total kicks. Four. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, uh, I, I think that the NFL did a good job of focusing on the players more like when the game's on, they're going to pan through the crowd. They're going to highlight, you know, things going on, especially during like, let's say in between plays, they, they have to pan around somewhere. I feel like they were able to kind of control that and just keep it on the players to focus on the game. It didn't feel much different. The players still had the same energy, the same celebrations, the same reactions to scoring like it was normal. Um, I don't think it's the end of the world. Probably help them just focus on the game as well and just get out there and play. The The only game I would say that maybe it affected and, and maybe this is just poor on them because they were primetime first game of the week. It felt like the Chiefs-Texans was more of a dud game flow-wise and extremely cumbersome to watch because it was not their best football. So now my thoughts are that this is still week one with no preseason. And I think that you saw, like, I'll be honest, the only games that I really watched from start to finish where the, where I watched the full thing was the giant Steelers game on Monday. And then the chiefs versus Houston And uh, in both games, both teams started very, very slow. And I think that that was probably a little bit more common throughout the league. Um, it was just when you're watching red zone all day, you're not really noticing that you're noticing the teams that are on the good drive, putting things together. Um, so it, it's just, let's give it a couple of weeks. And then I think we'll see these teams really kind of start clicking and start going, um, need, which I mean, it happens every year. We need to get to like week four. I'm not rushing it though. I really am not rushing it. Like week one's coming on, like buckle up your seatbelt. Mm-hmm. If you're not on the train, it's already left the station. This is <clears throat> every year. This is an express. Like we, we wait and wait and wait and wait to get to football, and then all of a sudden it's gone. So I'm, n- I'm in no rush to, to get down there, um, but it's already week two, so we're moving on. Um, wanted to touch on a couple, couple running backs. A big, big theme for week one. Are we overreacting? Are we underreacting to guys like CEH, Eckler? What, what are your kind of initial, uh, initial thoughts of what you saw on those guys? So I think that the game we saw from Edwards Alaire on Thursday, I think answered every possible question you could have about, maybe not every possible one, but it answered a majority of the questions that you had. Cause I think the biggest question marks about Edwards Alaire was, okay, is he going to be the bell cow running back, which he was, he got 25 carries. And then is he going to be the goal line back? And he was, now he didn't score on any of them, but he, they did trust him enough to give him six carries inside the five or like right on the goal line. Um, and I think that the passing, he's too good of a receiver to not get like zero targets again. Um, I would say the one concern is that from what I saw, Darrell Williams was in on every single third down. Um, so that's like a little question mark, but honestly, right now, Edwards Alaire, I think is a top five fantasy running back um, just off of that. And the offense he's in, it's, I think the sky's the limit. Well, him versus Daryl Williams was kind of night and day with the way yeah. that Daryl Williams played. He just doesn't have the, the shiftiness, the, the cuts, like the moves that obviously you saw. And look, I, I, I said I was happy that week one came and went so that way I could be proved wrong on whether or not he was going to be worth all the hype that he was getting. And my concern was that there was too much hype, right? Maybe that's a, a bad take, mm-hmm. but we got it out of the way. All right, week one's in the books. Moving on, clearly we've seen a lot to be excited about when it comes to him. Reason why we're bringing up a guy like Eckler, per se, right, is the lack of targets kind of mirrors what CEH had, lack of targets. Is that a trend? Why is he not getting the same 
respect as a, as a pass catcher when people say, all right, well, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, top passing, passing route runner as, out of the backfield, whatever it is, we're not worried about him. Why are we so much more worried about Eckler? I don't, I don't understand that. What's changed? So one of them has Patrick Mahomes. The other one does not. Um, and the same one who has Patrick Mahomes also has Andy Reid, who has shown for years that they're going to get the running back involved in the passing game. So I trust that Edwards, Alaire's, like his passing work will be there. Obviously, Eckler's will too. He's too good of a player, and that's like his biggest strength where they're going to give him the ball and they're going to throw it to him. I just think that I, I trust the Chiefs more than I do the Chargers right now, especially with Tyrod versus Mahomes. Obviously, I'm sure you have a little bit more insight to it as a Chargers fan. I have a feeling you probably watch that game a little bit more closely than I did and can probably like kind of better point out why he may not have gotten those targets. Yeah, I think it was just a product of game script. And I, I think in terms of what the Chargers were trying to do, I think we were trying to control the ball more against the Bengals, given that the fact that they had a new quarterback, our defense played good. Um, it could be a lot of things. I don't, necessarily think it's an Eckler thing I think Tarad runs a little bit more I think it was a bad scheme this week whereas that scheme next week we'll get smoked by 30 by the Chiefs and I think it'll be really good to see both these backs that we're talking about in terms of a week two bounce back in the passing game and what we should be seeing as a pretty pass heavy script high scoring game with the Chargers playing from behind they're going to need to get him in space if they want to score and keep the ball moving um, moving, moving forward, definitely wanted to highlight breakout potential with Jonathan Taylor, a lot of injuries around the league. We knew that it just, it maybe took one slip up by back to, to give Jonathan Taylor the job that happens right away in week one. What are our snap reactions around what's going on with these injuries? I am upset that I don't have Jonathan Taylor in more leagues and I have him and just about every other league I'm in besides the one that we're talking, the three that we're talking about today. Um, coming out of college, I put him just from my basic scouting, and I'm by no means a professional, nor am I even an amateur at this. I'm an idiot. I <laughs> thought that he was in that Fournette McCaffrey tier um, prospect of a running back. He wasn't in the Zeke, wasn't in the – wasn't in Zeke, wasn't in Saquon territory for me. But watching him in college and just seeing everything he could do, and then when he comes out at the combine, runs a four three, it's like, I, I don't know what this guy can't do. Um, and I think that his biggest question mark was pass catching. And I know Hines took a majority of the targets from Philip Rivers. It, Taylor was six for six on uh, completions from his like from his targets. So yeah, I am all in on Taylor. I think he is. He's not on the level of Edwards Alaire um, in terms of this year. I do think, though, that he is – he has to be treated right now as a top 12 running back, if not higher. Do you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, I think I agree, and then some when it when it comes to him. Maybe there's bias there. I, di I didn't get Taylor in nearly enough leagues that I'm, that I'm in to, to hype him up like the way I'm doing, but Phillip Rivers is the best quarterback for him right now, given the fact that they might not be as good as we, we see right off the bat as, as a Colts team. There's going to be a lot of passing. Rivers had 17 targets to the running back. So even if that's an even split and you get nine targets, six targets, 67 yards off on six catches, like why, 
when we're talking about that in PPR, that's an extra 12 to 13 points a week just on receiving floor. What if he's getting goal line work now? 20, if he's getting 15 to 20 carries upon that work just to start off the game. I mean, we're talking serious, serious ceiling um, on a guy that just happened to fall into the, the correct situation. And you, you don't root for it. You don't root for bad football. You don't root for injuries. But we, we wanted Jonathan Taylor. We wanted him sooner rather than later. And the cards fell that way. We just happened to get him. And, and now we're going to get to enjoy what could be 2,000 yards, you know, if that's, that's his ceiling because he is – that is what he did in college. And, and maybe that's a little bold, but total scrimmage yards, 1,500 as a floor? Come on. I mean, is that really out of the question? No, I don't think that's out of the question. I mean, they have arguably the best offensive line in football. Again, I don't know how they lost to the Jaguars. I mean, <laughs> this could be one of those things where we're just completely wrong about the Colts and they're in the running for Lawrence in fields where it's like, no, the Colts are just really bad, which if they are really bad, then I think Taylor is not going to hit the ceiling. But if the Colts are 75 80% of what most people think they are, which is a playoff contender. I think that Taylor is going to feast this year. I think they're going to get leads, and I think they're just going to feed him the rock. And he's one of these guys who's just going to wear teams down. And then in terms of pure athleticism, he's on that level of Saquon where you give him a crease and he's gone. He's outrunning everyone. Like, so he's a guy who I'm very, very excited to watch um, the rest of the season and moving forward. Pay up for him in Dynasty. I think that's the moral of the story. We've seen some pretty flashy trades from the analytics crowd um, on Twitter. A lot yeah. of people are, are paying up for the demand that he meets. He's going to be a guy that's at least substantial for the next, what, four or five years at, at least. You know, we know running back shelf life is slow, but four or five years of a running back one, that, that's his potential right there. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Um, just wanted to take a, a quick breather here. You know, for the for the those that have joined us last week and are joining us again, we're going to try and change up the lineup a little bit in terms of reviewing the previous weeks um, in our leagues. It's going to be a little bit more rapid fire um, on scores, initial thoughts, and stuff like that, so we can get to the juicy stuff. Get to the next week. Um, as always, you know, we appreciate all the feedback and support that we're getting. Um, Let's let's dive right into it, Connor. Any thoughts before we dive in? Um, no, I mean, just wanted to touch base on some of the other injuries real quick. Obviously, Michael Thomas, Le'Veon, Galladay, Sutton, Kittle, James Connor. Like, it sucks when there's no preseason and then all these guys come out. I mean, you knew that we were going to get some injuries. It just sucks that it happened to some of the bigger name guys. Yeah, and some of our dynasty teams that we're seeing are early on. They're bleeding. Redraft yep. teams, they're they're bleeding. Shower, sh- like shallower leagues are going to have trouble maintaining depth early early on. Leagues like ours, deeper leagues, really testing kind of your draft wit early on. Not a lot of trades been made. A lot of flexes in play here. The weaker teams are going to show early because of the injuries, and I think that's going to affect our predictions and our, our scores uh, move, moving forward. Let's, For sure. Let's dive into the melting pot. Rapid fire scores. Here we go. Drunk JD, 165. Marty Bird Enterprises, 133. Worst team ever. That's my co-host, Connor Bods. 153 to the New England Death Knights, 166. That's a loss for him. Moving forward, studs are us. Big blow-up game. Devontae Adams, 172. 
Steal the show, 132. That's a win. Bill Cosby Sleepers, 138. Bayou Boys, 123. Fishing for Gold, 184. To Ollie's up to something, 100. That's a big blowout, 84 yeah. points. Biggest of the week. Next, moving forward, name to be changed. He hasn't even looked at the team. 166 <laughs> to TK Yardwork, 111. That's a 55-point spread here. Initial thoughts, any surprises here? What are we looking at? I don't know. I think it's just week one. Um, the biggest thing for me, I mean, it, let's just not overreact to week one. Um, kind of like how we were talking about with the Bucks. I'm kind of just going to keep rolling with it, and let's see week two, week three, kind of where teams are shaking out, how teams are lining up. Um, and I think you're going to start seeing who's for real and who's not. Um, but so far, I, I think that it was – I mean, it was a good week. Um all in all, I mean, most of the games were eh, – maybe not, actually. No, a lot of the games weren't even close. So, hopefully yeah. next week they're a little bit closer. I, I think that, that we're going to see a, a high variance. We have 10 roster spots here in a league like this with all, all positions meaningful. Spread of 100 points to 184 points is super high variance where in terms of predicting, like, what the heck is going to happen on a week-to-week basis, let's just put it this way. We know absolutely nothing. Right. No. We know nothing. There's three flexes in play for each roster. John Doe and Jane Doe can blow up for 35 points at a time. Right. It doesn't really matter like what we say or what we know. Couple surprises. APD, highest score of the week, 184. Another one. Studs are us. Gets a huge game from Devontae Adams. Huge. All it really takes is one or two guys to formulate the floor for the week. And you could see, and you could see some things moving forward. Now we don't have any trades to report on. Guys are still quiet here. Do you think we'll start to see a little bit movement here in the trade block and, and some things shuffling around? I think so. As we, I mean, we highlighted a bunch of those injuries before. I think that guys are going to start um, making more moves, um, and especially kind of as the season goes along, we kind of start like I was saying when we're hitting week three, week four, and we start seeing, hey, who's maybe. Three and one, four and zero oh, versus one and three, zero oh and four, and kind of what position these teams are going to be taking for the whole season, and kind of what their strategies are going to be going into the future for this uh, for the melting pot. Yeah, it makes sense, and this is a big league, and there's going to be a lot of movement here. A lot of picks are going to be flying around. People are going to either buy into it, their team this year, or they're going to buy out, and they're going to try and build build a, a deep roster. Um, got it. All right, so moving into predictions, the way that we're going to run this this year and a traditional thing that myself and Connor will typically do is we'll compete head-to-head on the picks. Our goal this year in the spirit of consistency and also entertainment is we are going to finish this year and we are never going to look back. So if you're, in, if you're on the bus of the churn and you're with us, the train starts now, it left, last, it left last week, we're gonna. This is gonna be a long-term thing. So, what are we gonna bet on here, in terms of actual competition? I you blindsided me with that. Let me think about that, and we'll get something on the next podcast. We'll come up with something good, and we'll uh, we'll announce it next week on the pod. We'll also take listener feedback on that. If you have any ideas 100%. on what the bet should be between, um, we'll move from there. All right, week two melting pot. Great first game to go over. It's myself versus Connor. 
even dead heat of point spread. I have a couple thoughts here. Let's have, let's have you go first. Let's see what you think. Um, so in the show notes, I wrote this down. I am picking Joe. I have to start Logan Thomas. I will say no more. That's, those are my thoughts on this game. <laughs> I, I went with me, not, not to say that I'm going to pick myself every week here. I probably would not have picked myself last week. think from top to bottom, a little bit more balanced here. How can Connor win? Lamar Jackson, once again, also a boom week from Mahomes would be just what the doctor ordered. You didn't get that last week. You need to get top flight performance from them if you're going to compete. Yeah, and especially right now with some of the injuries that I'm facing, I need 30 points a week from both of them uh, for me to have a shot. I will say, if Miles Sanders plays, I'm definitely picking you. If Sanders is out, I think that there is a – it's creaking the door open for me to maybe get a win without a big blow-up week. But right now I have to start Logan Thomas. I mean, he was fine. He caught a touchdown last week. I feel like I'm probably chasing. Um, but when you get to this 10-team, three flex, this is what you're, this is what you're going to be running into. Really happy with the way the tight ends put together yeah. for Goddard. He's got a high, high, high outlook with mm-hmm. um, Earth contract talks. That's a situation to monitor. monitor. Moving forward, game two that I had ready to go. Always up to Sutton 0-1. At home, can steal the show. That's Vin. Happy birthday, Vin. That's big 30 for him. Happy birthday. Here? So, I am um... – I think that Glennie, or so, I always say Glennie. I think Al is the uh, – he got hit pretty hard by the injury bug. Um, I think that if you're looking at it, if Sutton, Kittle, and Connor are all out, I'm smashing Vin and taking him, whatever this line is, I, I'm hammering him. If all three of his guys play and they're healthy, Connor, Kittle, and, and Sutton, I think I would go with um, always up to Sutton. I know that it's not really picking either way. Um, gun to head though right now with how the week's looking I'm gonna take steal the show I'm on the same page as you I I think the injury bug makes Vin a safer play here if 100 points is the floor there's always room for improvement right okay you're at the bottom I think he definitely improves upon last week's blunder however Vin definitely the safer pick in terms of just looking at the rosters from top to bottom Um, we're both on the same page there moving forward we got Marty Bird Enterprises home in a dead even projection heat against the New England Death Knights. He's 0-1. You know he has high praise, high love for the, the roster that he's put together here. But quietly, the New England Death Knights last week came in and just absolutely came in 166. Who do you got in this game? So I will be taking the Death Knights. I think that McCaffrey and Henry – are just too good. Um, I think I, I saw it last week. I mean, even when they have quote unquote bad games, they still combine for almost like, I think they had a, like over 40 points or two of them combined. So it, it just, I like them more. I also trust this quarterbacks more here, Tannehill and Carr um, versus Burrow and Minshew. I think it, I need to see another two weeks out of Minshew before I crown him as a worthy starter every week. Um, tough matchup too against Tennessee. Tough game, tough game to pick. I, yeah. I actually went with Marty Bird Enterprises on this one. Um, reason being, I'm looking for opposite game scripts for Eckler and CEH. 
Bigger gains from them, more passing yard work. I alluded to that earlier um, in the show, just thinking that we're going to get a more pass-heavy, friendly game. If the Chargers don't rescheme and they don't do that, they're going to lose their football game, which in turn, if they're capping the upside of Eckler, Marty is going to lose, lose this fantasy match here. I'm picking him with the expectation of an opposite outcome moving forward in week two for them. Um, moving forward, we got game four, Luke versus TK yard work. Another kind of an odd ball game to pick. What are we thinking here? So I'm taking Luke. Um, Godwin in concussion protocol. I'm not sure if he's going to be healthy. Um, I think Gronk is – I don't love Gronk. I don't love Jordan Howard. Um, I do think, though, yard work may not have set their uh, lineup yet because they still – there was someone else on the – I think they – there was someone on the bench who I saw who I liked. They have guys like James Winston. I mean, not he can he can play, and I would probably play them both over Jordan Howard and potentially Christian Kirk. Um, but I, I'm taking Luke, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and Naheem Hines. I, I think they're both going to be really good starts all year, and I think that that's going to be a nice way for him to fill out the rest of his uh, his lineup. Yeah, I have to agree. I had Luke here, too. Um, just taking a look at things and what I had earlier. I think too many misses for Tanner early in the dynasty. I think Mark Ingram was a miss on dynasty. I think Jordan Howard was also a miss. And, and Gromp, two of the guys that you highlighted. Uh, Mark Ingram, too, just in terms of, like, early early down winners here. I don't love the, the way the lineup looks. Happy about Cook's contract. But Godwin – on the on the shelf potentially next week is going to provide a couple issues here. Um, Luke's Luke's a safe bet. He's an easy pick in my opinion here with with the way the backfield turned out for the Colts. Um, so we'll we'll definitely take a look into that. But we're we're basically we're three same one different one differentiating uh, differentiating pick. Moving forward, I pegged this game as the game of the week. It's APD on the road against Studs R Us. Could be another high-flying game with the two top scores of the of the week last week. What do you think? So, according to Sleeper, this game has the biggest blowout. Um, this one has the biggest spread of nearly 20 points, um, according to Sleeper. I don't agree with that. I think it's going to be closer than that. I would pick uh, Shane to cover if we were betting on lines like that. <laughs> I just think APD is going to win. Um, I like the I like his running back situation a lot more, um, and I think that Galladay probably sits again, which is going to hurt uh, hurt the studs. So I am taking APD on this one. Yep, agreed. I have Shane regressing back to the mean. A uh, couple injuries, one being the Bell. Acres is not getting the early down work. They're going to have a hot hand backfield there. Sonny Michelle is your running back, too. I don't care what you want to say about last week. I hate it. You know I hate it. I hate Sonny Michelle as a professional running back. So <laughs> I'm on the side of APD getting to 2-0 and after. I think we kind of bashed him a little bit last week in terms of this being more of like the old guy roster. Hopkins, Julio, yeah. great. Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary, eh. But they let, they let Russ cook last week, and he got a lot of points. Um Big fan of that that's that spread. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. I think this game will be a lot closer. Um, 
he's just not going to have 40 points by Adams to carry him again in week two here. Yeah, no. And I will say Hopkins. I mean, I did not foresee Hopkins getting targeted. How many times did he get targeted? Not I know sure he had 14 targets, catches. If he's, 14 catches, yeah. Yeah, so if he's doing that, then yeah, no, his team is really good. I did not think Hopkins was going to be getting that much work. And that was like one of the guys who I've changed my tune on the most from preseason to after week one has been DeAndre Hopkins because I don't own him anywhere. And I was just like, I don't think he's going to hit the ceiling of where he's being drafted at. But if, like I said, if he's going to be getting 14 catches a game, lock him in as a top three receiver this year. Lock him in. Last game, then we're moving on. We got Mark on the road against name to be changed. If I have to continue saying name to be changed, I'm going to freak <laughs> out. Mark the Bayou boys coming in. I have Mark getting the one, one and one here, a little bit of a coin flip match, couple potential boom weeks. I think Evan regresses. I don't think his, his team is going to be as good as what he put out in week one long-term here. Um, love the matchup for Zeke Gallup. Waller, I love Melvin Gordon. If Lindsey is out, despite what we just saw with the Pittsburgh defense kind of shellacking the the Giants' run game, um, that's where I'm at here. What do you What are you thinking? Um, so Michael Thomas being out is going to kill Evan. Um, I think that if Thomas was playing and fully healthy, it's a different story, and I think that his team probably then would be my favorite to win this game. Um, but right now, I just – I don't – it'll be very hard. I don't see it. I mean, if Rodgers goes, like, FU mode again and puts up another four touchdowns, 350-plus, I mean, it could be uh, – we could be the ones who are wrong. I just I, – I am also taking the Bayou boys here. All right. So, does that mean we were – we were five five and one there, same thing, or did you have Shane? No, five and one. Five and one. Only differentiating game is uh, Marty Bird Enterprises. That'll be that'll be good to look closely into. What the hell's going on out here? All right, moving on. For those that are still going to be with us, carrying right through, we're we're going to Dynasty. For those leaving us from the melting pot, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Let's move on to the <laughs> scores. Um, any 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 thoughts before we head into Dynasty here? Um, before we head in. No, I mean, if we're just rolling right into it, though, I will say thank you, Juju Smith-Schuster. I drafted you in the first round last year, and this was the first game where you provided me any value um, with your two touchdowns on Monday night to give me a nine-point win against Chris. So thank you, Juju, because I know you're listening. He's definitely listening, and I can't wait to get his (laughs) feedback, which is going to be just excellent. Um, All right, Dynasty, year two, I'm the reigning champ. I'll put that back out there for those that, that didn't tune in last week. Here we go again. DeFran on the road against Danny Dell. Win, 132-84. to 84. Connor Bods, 136 over Team Brack Daddy, 127. Team TC, loss. It was Lapia, 138. The rebuilding team to 84. I did not. Before we even started going, when you asked me what I had, what thoughts I had about Dynasty, I had no idea Mikey had won and won by that margin. Um, I think my prediction last week that Russ is going to be too good for him is it's coming true. I mean, he got 40 points from Russ. He got another 28 from Hines. Slayton looks like the real deal at 28. Like his his pieces are looking good, like good. He's still his running backs suck. 
Um, Hines, nah, I mean, sorry, Moss did not impress. I mean, he did get a lot of carries near the goal line. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't – I'm shocked by that win. Kind of like a Jag situation here. You thought they were tanking and yeah. rebuilding, and then they come out and they win against a team that is not in a rebuild, has some pieces to compete. Not a good showing week one. Moving no. forward, big blowout here. Team Luke Amiot, 178 to Mike Dusler, 79. And I said that last week. I didn't love Mike Dusler's showing coming into week one here, and we knew Luke was going to be a big dog to watch Wonderful uh, game script for him. Wonderful stocks for him moving forward. Next, Kush Gordon, Aaron Cass, 116 to Kyle Murphy, 101. You know how much I hate that roster on the on the losing side of things. Last game, TJ Booker, three-headed horse, 164 to Tucker, 139, we'll call it rounding up. Team that had a great week, just wrong matchup for them. They get pummeled in a high-scoring bout. Yeah, um, I think this week kind of showed there are some teams that are definitely at the top tier, and Mikey's not included in that, but he played like one of those top tier teams this week. So shout out to Mikey. I know we rip him a lot. That was a good, that was a good team win this week. And for those that are going to follow us, we will be ripping Michael, Michael Pia and Dennis C and the Butter Association repetitively for oh, years, yeah. years to come. That's no <laughs> nothing new. Um, part two here of the of the weekly recap we'll be going through any trades we actually had two pretty quick moves first one being you you acquire cam makers and you send off noah fant now for those listening this is not tight end premium this is regular ppr Mm -hmm. fant's not going to have as much weight in a league like the melting pot you acquire acres rookie running back i actually i love this move for you we were talking about it beforehand i thought this was a no-brainer yeah, so – it and I talked with TJ, and I think that from his point of view, it, it was a no-brainer for him too. Uh, biggest reason for me was my running back too um, was either going to be Benny Snell or like LaMichael P. Ryan, Rex Burkhead, or on Johnson because the I had – the worst thing that could have happened to me was having Le'Veon Bell get hurt, which is what did because he was my – he was my running back too. I traded you Aaron Jones for Godwin. Um, but so I really needed a running back too. And am I going to start acres this week? Maybe not. Um, but talking with TJ, he said that he was really never going to start acres over his other three headed monster, of McCaffrey, Kamara, Carson. And he said that he could not stand watching Gronk. So he needed to get like a weekly tight end who he can start, which it, it killed me because honestly, I almost valued Fant more than I did Ertz. Um, just because of his youth, his upside, it just Earth is better for me right now. Um, and I think we'll be more consistent during the year than Fant will. Is Ertz better for you if he gets traded, though? He is a big no. question mark right now. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't feel great about Ertz. I'm not like – I didn't want to trade away Fant. Fant was going to be one of the guys where I was just like, I'm holding on to him no matter what. I'm not, I'm not trading him. And, and then I got offered Akers, which – it gives me more youth at the running back position behind Bell long-term as well as a guy who, with the with how my wide receivers are and my quarterback, like I, I'm okay starting Akers if I need to with how the rest of my team is, like on a bye week or with injuries. Got it. Now, got you had, Yeah. I was going to say you had one. Same backfield. 
I acquired I acquired yeah. Malcolm Brown and I sent away Chase Edmonds. I didn't really put too much thought into this. I Chase Edmonds isn't in, in my plans as an every week guy unless there's an injury to to Drake. I, I was reading up in terms of like Drake's workload, his usage, bad air quality in San Francisco. He got sixty nine percent of the snaps for for the Cardinals, but he. Last year, he was getting way over 70% bell cow usage. I didn't have too much attachment to Edmonds. I didn't trade him to the guy with Drake. It's not like he was acquiring his handcuff. And for at least one year, I think I'm getting a rental on a hot hand potential running back. He looked good last week. So I think this trade is more so based on talent versus situation. Um, I think Edmonds is a better running back. Then, then Malcolm I think that Brown is in a better situation this year because I mean they showed he's going to get the quality. He's going to get the quality looks where he's down by the goal line and he's going to get majority of the looks. I think right now he's the head of that backfield. I think it's going to be a three-headed attack with him, Acres, and Henderson for now. Um, with hopefully eventually Acres taking the lead, but I, I do think Edmonds is the type of player where you can start him. If you are in a pinch, because I think that that offense is so explosive, so high scoring, and we've seen – I mean, he scored this week. I mean, it's not like Edmonds is a bum or anything. Like, he's a good player. So, I think that it's a – I th- I see why Cass would do this trade. I think I would rather have Brown right now, but Edmonds is a guy who I just think is – he's a better talent. And I think that Drake, he's shown that he can't always stay healthy. Got it. Uh, well, we'll see how those shape up. Funny that there was two trades that were made, both of them being the same backfield, just pieces yeah. shuffling across the board. That brings us to week two. I have my game picks submitted. You have yours submitted. Let's dive right into the preview. First game, I guess based on the way Sleeper runs the app, we'll go with mine. I'm on the road against Lapia. Uh, no, you were playing TC. TC. There's an error on my side. All right. <laughs> I'm on the road against TC. TC just threw a real bad dud. Really bad dud. Yeah. I have myself, again, I hate doing this. I'm probably going to pick myself three times this week. I think Brown as flex two, new addition, gives me really deep, like a deep running back core for good running backs to play. Barkley, Aaron Jones, Raheem Muster, Malcolm Brown. I also think Burrow is going to be unleashed on Thursday after seeing glimpses of potential, maybe bad base, uh, bad script, bad scheme. I think he's going to torch the Browns on Thursday Night Football. So I am actually taking PC here. I know that Sleeper, Sleeper right now has you projected to win by, what is it, 134 to 118. That's too much math. We'll say – a little bit over 15, so like just under 20 points. Because I, I don't think George Kittle plays, and I think that that is going to really hurt you not having Kittle. And I think I'm going to call my shot and say this is the week where we see a big play from Gibson. Um, we didn't see much from him last week, but I think in that matchup against Arizona, we saw Mostert take that little um, angle route against the linebacker to the house. And I think that's where we're going to see – like, that's an easy pitch and catch for Haskins, and I think Gibson is the type of player who's just as – maybe not as fast, but just as explosive as Mostert and can easily take something like that 
to the house. Uh, so I, I am going to take TC. I think he bounces back this week. All right, game two. Luke at home. This is a bruiser of a lineup against you. I have you taken another two L's this week. I, I actually think this is going to be our blowout of the pod with the way his lineup has shaped up here. He's probably got one of the most incredible lineups I've ever seen in Dynasty, and I might be overhyping it on purpose. A little bit of reverse psychology. I know he's going to grimace when he listens to this later. Jonathan Taylor, Edward Solaire, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. If it would load, I would get you the rest. Julio Jones. Mark and- I, Julio Jones, load, Mark Andrews. Yeah, this team from top to bottom is just un, unreal, and you have injuries. Injuries yeah, not great so, early on. Yeah, I think Sutton – I mean, if Sutton plays, I have to start him. But I, I don't think Sutton's playing this week. Godwin's in concussion protocol. I'm down on Le'Veon's out. Now, if James Conner doesn't play and Benny Snell is a load, like he's taking the work, like I, I think that would be a big benefit to me and I would start him. Um, but it sounds like right now that Connor is going to play and then just inevitably get hurt in the second quarter. I'm not going to start at Snell. And Snell's going to get like 15 carries the rest of the way and score a touchdown. He's going to be on my bench. Um, no, I'm not bitter. The, but, yeah, I'm taking Luke. I do not like the matchup this week. Um, I think that Luke is the favorite right now. And talking with him, his expectations are 12-1. and one. With week nine being his loss because he has a lot of guys on by. So, I think that has to be the bar that we set for him. I mean, looking at this team, I mean, the, he really doesn't have any excuse to not win at all, uh, outside of injury, obviously. Got it. Moving on. So, we are one and one so far, opposites here. Next game that I got, it's Team Zanidell on the road against Team Rebuild, Mike Lapia. I picked – Dan, 84 has to be a fluke, right? Or is this team really bad? Early, last call on Zanny Dell. You get to 0-2 here, we're in trouble. Lapia is in an active rebuild way back to the mean here. I think we get a win. Zanny Dell, it won't be a blow. It'll be close. I'm leading team him. So this is going to be one of those games where we know – after Thursday night, how this game is going to be. Um, because Dan has A.J. Green, Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt playing. If he he needs to get a good showing from them. Um, I do think he's going to win. Ju- yeah, yeah, he's going to uh, That's killing me. He has Mahomes. I really do want to pick Mikey. But I, I, I'm going Dell. I think he is going to win. I think Mikey having to start. Zach Moss is just going to be the downfall of him most weeks, and this week is included. All right, let's keep it moving here. Next game, another potential blowout. I don't even think I'll this say is my the, blowout of the week. TJ will outclass Kyle in each part of the game this week. That's Booker at home against Team Kyle Murphy. I don't know if we have to spend too much time here. We went through his lineup and what he did last week another favorite early on. Yeah. So I will say I went through and I like every single one of TJ's starters more compared to his counterpart on Kyle's team. So yeah, I'm taking TJ as well. Um, just better players all, all across the board. Well, there you have it. 
Let's move right into it. Team Brack Daddy looking for a little bounce back here on the road against Mike Dusler. Both teams, both teams own one. Someone's got to get a win here. I have Brack Daddy with the Sanders comeback. Michael Thomas being out for Dusler is going to kill. That's going to be big Achilles heel. This one might not be close. Yeah. So in my notes, I had that if for any reason Michael Thomas is playing and Miles Sanders is out, uh, I could see Dusler winning this. I just don't think that that's the case. I think that I think Thomas is out. I think Sanders is playing. I mean, he's been reported as practicing. So I'm taking Chris here. Um, uh, Dusler, I mean, it's just tough to get the get the injury to a player like Thomas, and especially in this format of dynasty where the benches are so deep, it's not like you can go pick up a solid guy off of waivers. I think that he's just going to be in trouble for a couple of weeks. I mean, who knows? It, rugs, maybe, but no, I, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Bracken. All right, last game, density. Tucker, home against Aaron Cass, Coach Gordon. Tucker's team was good enough to win last week, just not in the matchup. I have Tucker with Zeke getting really, really big bell cow numbers. Eckler bounce back and Melvin Gordon if Lindsay's out. I think 138 and a loss hurts, but they're fired up. Aaron, Aaron Cass got a lot of green in those matchups. I don't know if you looked before. Mm-hmm. If they all hit, perspective, good game scripts, good matchups. It's obviously, it's not a given here. I'm taking Tucker. Because of the vengeance tour, overcast. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm taking Cast because um, I do think that James Conner plays, and I think you plug him in over Swift, and then I think I like that team a lot more. So I am going to be taking Cast. But honestly, like Tucker winning wouldn't surprise me either. Like I originally had Tucker written down in my notes as winning, um, but I'm changing that pick to Cast just because I think that. Like I said, I think Connor's going to play, and I think starting him over Swift right now is the better play uh, for this week. Awesome. Well, that that about wraps up Dynasty. For those that are still with us, we appreciate you. Some of some of you have stake in multiple leagues here as we're covering. For those that have no stake in any of these leagues, we appreciate you. What the hell's going on out here? Let's move on. The flagship yes. league of the churn, our, our last segment that we're going to run through. It's the Butter Association. And obviously, nine nine years in, this one's definitely a big one for us. Me and Connor are neck and neck in overall wins. I think that that could also be another side bet, podcast bet, if he's up for it. We'll see. Let's, yeah, take, we'll a see. Look at, let's take a look at the recap if you want to run through it. Yeah, so I have it up. Um, if you want, I can start going through it. Um, Show me the money. So, what do we got? All right. So this starts with mine. Just so you guys know, we're going through the website and the apps, and it just automatically puts our scores at the top. Um, so I lost to Marsan, a.k.a. D's Nuts, uh, 126 to 86. Um, you took down Mikey, 128 to 70. Um, Brucey's Bunch, a.k.a. Noah, took down Luke's team, 88 to 73. Uh, the Wayland Grinders, yeah, the Wayland Grinders with a big score of 136. That's the highest score of the week. Took down the homies Bunch and Dana, 136 to 107. Um, Sproles tied with a strong showing of 129.78 uh, to take down Put and Pop, who scored 88. Um, 
biggest things for me is, yeah, Mikey's strategy of not drafting a running back outside of Clyde Edwards really fucked him with uh, the injuries to Godwin and Michael Thomas and Sutton and Odell stinks because Baker stinks. That's my big takeaway from this. Um, I'm not focusing on myself, only scoring 86 points. I'm only focusing on Mikey scoring 70. I am focused purely on the fact that Whalen changed his team name back to the Grinders. For mm-hmm. fantasy football fans out there, he has the best team logo in fantasy history that I've ever seen. We'll release it on Twitter after this is recorded and released. The Whalen Grinders top score of the week the meatballs are fucking juicy they're cooked well oh yeah and they're on nice toasty bread and he's ready to make a push this year he's a dark horse for me we haven't seen much from him in in the past few years but he has the best roster i've seen him put together um in, in a long long time um any so redraft talking redraft this is where the waivers become a, a little bit more important weekly bids mm-hmm. waiver priority cashing in when you have the top waiver trying to find league winners is way more important than our deep dynasty leagues where melting pot it's barren we don't need to cover that yeah dynasty eh, not really now when we're talking redraft the waivers are probably most important when we're talking here no trades made any waiver waiver moves that were of interest for you so mikey not claiming naheem hines when he needs every single running back available like, the fact that he didn't use it on Hines or Snell surprised me because um, I I had the second claim, and I took Noah Fant over Naheem Hines and Benny Snell, which might be questionable, which I know that if I was not – like, if I was in someone else's shoes, like, if I were you, I would probably be questioning that move. Um, the reason why is that I feel – pretty comfortable with my running backs. I mean, obviously you can always have more, but I mean, Jacobs, Henry, Ronald Jones, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, and then Olavion Bell on IR. Like I'm okay with my running backs. I don't trust Evan Ingram right now as a Giants fan. That was the worst game I've ever seen Evan Ingram play. He doesn't block. Um, so he wasn't even putting an effort there. He had a bunch of drops. He got an offensive pass interference where I am very worried about him. And so that's why I was like, let me pick up Fant. And I'm feeling a little bit more confident in him potentially moving forward right now than Ingram. Evan Ingram seems kind of like a head case right now. Um, definitely worried about him. Caden Smith did not look terrible. Caden Smith is good. As a Giants <laughs> fan, Caden, Caden Smith is good. Like, I don't think – I think next year Evan Ingram is not going to be starting for the Giants. And I think Caden Smith is going to be good. He reminds me – I don't know if this is just because it's a – lowly drafted, unathletic white tight end. He reminds me a lot of like Kevin Boss and Jake Ballard that the Giants had, which that is a throwback to when the Giants were actually competitive and like in Super Bowls. They always had these like random tight ends who would come up big in big moments. And I think Caden Smith is kind of like the next guy in the line and we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you with, with that. A couple of young guys over there that look really good. Um, yeah, quick refresher, sure. this is standard our shallowest league tougher league you have to really you're aiming for touchdowns right volume and touchdowns in a league like this um i'm gonna let you kick off the picks i've picked because my game is going first each league and you know exactly where i'm going i would love to go last here let's get let's get your thoughts on the first game 
Okay, so the game I have up first is myself versus Noah. I I am oh, so he's actually changed his lineup since I researched since I was looking into it. What are you um, so originally to the pod before I, before we did it? I don't know. Before we even thought about it. Oh, he Fournette's out of the lineup. Out, yeah, he yeah. out. And that was you can see in my notes, I said I'm picking myself if Fournette is starting. Obviously it yeah, I was expecting Lamar uh, Fournette to still be starting, in which case I was going to take myself. Right now, I am still – honestly, no, I think I am actually going to take Noah. Um, I think that Lamar, Julio Jones, and Aaron Jones are three guys who can win him this week. And I feel a little bit more confident in his flex with DJ Moore versus Ronald Jones. Obviously, that's going to change if Galladay plays – um, Gronk versus Ingram, I think it's probably like a toss up. I do like my running backs more than him. Um, but obviously he has Lamar, which it, it, quarterbacks are broken in this league and format. And so if Lamar just has an average Lamar game, it's going to be 30 points and it's going to be tough to recover from that. So I am leaning Noah. I'm actually big disagreement with you. I, this is where I think you actually shine in fantasy this week. I don't know if you're forgetting what just happened last week, but the guy that scored you, what, three touchdowns, 30 points, Josh Jacobs, he just cut the Carolina Panthers up. This is a smash spot for Ronald Jones if they use him correctly as the flex. Um, Pass defense looked good for for Tampa Bay last week. Don't love DJ Moore as much. He's got Tevin Coleman, and it's a running back too. And in my notes, I have Rob Gronkowski, not great in standard right now. This is not a good running, uh, not a good title defense draft that he put together. Sure, you got Lamar, great. Julio's a little banged up. Aaron eh, Jones, Wednesday, great. Yeah, he's been banged up for years. He'll play. I have you, Josh yeah. Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Ronald Jones, smash. This is going to be a big game for you. I hope you're right. I will say it is nice having the Hollywood thing with Lamar. So hopefully Lamar throws a bunch of touchdowns to Hollywood. So I kind of negate out Lamar, but that's the, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel, I just think that Lamar, Julio and Aaron Jones are all guys who he can easily get 80 points from, from the three of them. And then he just needs to get like 25 points from everyone else to probably win this game. So I, I'm going to stick with Noah. I do appreciate the confidence of my team, but just has too many explosive guys, which I don't think I really have yet. All right, moving on. What do you have for the next game? So next I have up you. Do you want to wait until the end for that? Or do you want to yeah, let's right dive in into TC on the road. Bill Cosby's sleepers. Yahoo's got it at a seven-point spread with the favorite to make the playoffs sprawl side. He got McCaffrey. Right. Wonderful. Seven points, Brad. Who do you have here early on? So in my notes, I also have that this is Luke's only team that we're going to talk about tonight. That is like spectacular. This team here does have some question marks. Um, I am going to be taking GC. I think it's going to be hard to pick against McCaffrey, Drake, and Carson. Um, As long as all three are healthy, I don't really care who he has at quarterback or receiver. He just needs guys out there who are going to contribute, which Lockett, Diggs, Will. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm taking TC. Don't love McLaurin, Metcalf, and Boyd right now. I think that they all kind of have their question marks. DK, not as much. Um, and then Akers having to start. 
it was a little worrisome. Um, but I think Sanders, I think Sanders is going to play, which will change things obviously for him, and he'll have uh, he'll have Miles in instead of um, instead of Acres, which will make it closer. But I'm still just taking that taking TC. Yeah, I have TC too. He needs Sanders back. He'll get Sanders back, and he'll make it closer. Josh Allen's a smash this week. I know he said, I don't care who he has a quarterback with these three running backs, but he has a fourth running back right now. Josh yeah. Allen's the goal line back yep. of the Bills. Two, two rushing touchdowns. He made it look easy against a bad team. Miami's a bad team. They're still a bad team. They were a bad team last year. Josh Allen smashes against bad teams. This is going to be an easy, breezy week for him, and he threw over 40 times last week. Love I don't that. think that that's happening again. I, but, I don't see But that. doesn't matter points-wise if he runs still and gets another touchdown. It really doesn't matter. No. No, it doesn't. All right. Game uh, Next game. Yeah, we have number one versus number 10. We had the team that had the highest score versus the team that had the lowest. What are your thoughts here? Does Mikey have a chance? No. The PS team is bleeding <laughs> early. And often, I said it, Whalen has put the best roster we've seen from him together in years. He's got the best logo in fantasy football. I'm putting money on it. But let's look at it. Hut Hut came in. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Is it Kittle, Sutton, Godwin, Michael Thomas, Deontay Thompson? Who's sitting out this week for him? Can he feel the full roster? Three Cohen and standard. Not great, Bob. We're in trouble here. We're in trouble here. Not yeah. much really to talk about. Yeah, and I think that you're going to see – this is something to keep an eye on where I think he is going to have to drop. He's going to have to drop people. Like, he just has too many guys hurt and has too many roster spots to need to fill where he's going to end up dropping guys who probably shouldn't be, and that's – I mean, it kind of – it sucks for Mikey. I mean, it's good for everyone else in the league. But, um, again, More I'm for me and you. Up Naheem Hines. What yeah. an idiot. Um, I will say, Waylon having Benny Snell just makes me happy. That's a Benny grinder. Snell is like the, that's that a grinder. Is the epitome of a way. That's a Waylon grinder right there. He's got the cool mouthpiece, but he's just going to run you over and let you know that he did it. So, love Benny Snell for Waylon. Even if he never plays, I just I hope he stays on that roster because it is just a great match, owner with player. Yeah, for those that don't know where the grinders come from, you're thinking John Gruden. I'm thinking Chris Whalen. Every day of the week, I'm thinking Chris Whalen on what the hell is a grinder. It's a running back that's your meat and potatoes, smash mouth. I don't care who you play, where you play in the parking lot. That's what a grinder is. He definitely locked one up with Snell. It's not there yet. He hasn't brought it. No. Glass Cannon, James Conner is one f- twig away from making Benny Snell a league winner on that C- on that Steelers offense. Um, I got Mahomes bunch versus Pudding Pop next. What are you thinking? Can I can I jump in since you're hesitating? Go for it. Yeah, I have it. I have it right here. What is Dana thinking about getting cute here? No Mahomes. Oh, if he doesn't start Mahomes, I and he took Mahomes with his first pick, fourth overall. If you don't play Mahomes, I think you're borderline getting ready to get kicked out of the league. I get it, Rodgers, Adams, great combo, but why the hell did you draft Mahomes if you're going to put him on the bench? You're out of your mind here. Yeah, I'm about to go make him a trade offer. Yeah, is he? I can't. I can't believe he's doing this. He must. He must be available. This is completely yeah. This has totally changed my. 
I, I'm legitimately speechless right now. I didn't even stupefied. see that. I was like, I was like, why? I was like, I was like, am I seeing another team? Like, why is Aaron Rodgers starting? So I'm going to assume that he starts Mahomes. I, no, if he's starting Mahomes, I'm picking Dandel. Dandel out of principle. If he starts, if he starts Rodgers, I pick. I pick Dandel. So I'm going to be taking Dell regardless, even if Mahomes starts. My reason being was that assuming that Mahomes goes off, which is what Dana needs to have happen, a lot of those looks are going to be going to Tyreek, which will then only benefit Dan. Tyreek so crushes the reverse, San Diego. And I wonder if Dan will get away from that reverse stack and try to have his own stack. But that would just be him overthinking it. And – does it matter? Mahomes doesn't care if Dana starts Rogers or him. If he throws four touchdowns to Tyreek Hill, you get none of that juice. This is this is where getting cute is no longer cute. It's really ugly, is what it is. Yeah, I'm literally texting him right now to find out. Live text on the pod. I love it. I love it. I like it a lot. Um, But I don't like Ingram. Uh, I don't. Jared Cook, I actually do like Jared Cook. I know you um, want to talk about his team, but, but I just can't get over the fact that he's – I can't. I do, right now. Dude, I'm literally spe- – I can't believe this. I think I'm moving on from it. Yeah. I think I'm moving on from it. He's going to get booted out of the league if, if, that, uh, if that continues. Last game, I don't want to do this. I'm really, 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 really pinching myself, but I did just land Jonathan Taylor in the flex as a every week flex to go with Kamara and Chubb. I'm on the road against Deves. His roster's n- not bad. His team is good. I think my backs are a little bit stronger this week. Okay, so originally I had in my notes, um, I was picking you because of, I was like, okay, this matchup is going to come down to David Johnson and Zach Ertz versus Mark Andrews and Jonathan Taylor. And because of that, I was going to be leaning towards Taylor and Andrews. He has San Francisco defense against the Jets, which I know Sherman's out. I know they're missing all their guys in the secondary. The thing with this being a non-PPR league, defenses have the ability to completely take over and just win you a matchup. I am taking – I'm going to be taking these nuts. Like, I think that San Francisco is – I'm hurting. I'm hurting. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm taking these. I got to update it. San Francisco defense is going to be – I hope that's going to be the track. difference maker in I, this game. I hope you're keeping track of everything. I'm having just too much fun over here. I'm having a ball for, for those listening. You're not watching. <laughs> I'm having a ball so much that I'm pulling my hair out at the fact that I'm picking myself three times to win this week. For the fans at home, I did go eight and three. If you want to follow a, a, a big storyline, I'm ready to go. But if you're going to talk about defense, Buffalo on the road at Miami, come on. Fitzpatrick just looked terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Buffalo's defense is better than New England's. That's fine. The Jets stink. I think if we're breaking down defenses on this game, that's way (laughs) too deep. I think it it starts and ends at Murray, Kamara, Chubb, Taylor versus Wilson, Elliott, David Johnson, Allen Robinson, and those four positions. Kyler Murray, 16.7 rushing points. Last week, in standard with our six-point touchdowns, he's a cheat code. Yes, Russell Wilson is also a cheat code. He's playing the Patriots. Their defense played good last week. 
Kyler just Seattle did it against – Yeah, still playing the Patriots. That's Bill Belichick we're talking about here. I don't care who he's trotting out there. Kyler just did that in an upset victory against the defense you just talked about that you think is gonna that you think is gonna turn things around and, and flip me upside down here. Kyler's got an easier matchup on paper, and he's home. Not that home field advantage matters right now. I'm going me three and zero this week in the churn. <laughs> I love All it. I'm gonna say, we you mentioned this league has been for nine years. How often do we see it where there's these weeks where defense gets a couple touchdowns and they just completely flip the matchup on their head and they win them weeks. You had the Patriots defense last year. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know. Look look out for that happening this week. I I don't think it's likely. I do think it is a – I think it's less likely that that happens. I just really want to be right when it does. So that's why I'm picking Marsan and having it be because of the San Fran defense. I, I just want to lay my nuts out on the table and be right because of that. I agree with the defenses thing. I had McCaffrey Pat's defense in our league last year. G codes. I streamed the Colts defense and Vin's championship last year. 31 points with Drake. That's a championship. I know what it takes to put a championship roster together. <laughs> it's not going to be the defense that beats me this week. I'm in. Okay. All right. And we'll scene, see. And seen. We have we've we've slimmed it down this week a little bit. We're on a diet. We're trying to slim it down from the, the juicy 105 minutes we produced last week. We're at <laughs> 69. 69. That wraps up our three leagues. For those that have carried with us through these three leagues, we're we're just about done here. Any outro thoughts for you? I don't think I'm ready to cover D- DFS last week or this week after last week's blunder. Mm-hmm. I think I'm ready to get to Thursday. What do you think? So, all right. I will say I did actually come up with some, like, guys who I am eyeing for DraftKings this week. Um, I know Joe said he didn't. That's totally fine. I'm targeting the Falcons-Cowboys game. Has the highest over-under. It's, in, it's at Dallas. Um, those are the games I like to target in Set a dome high over under means it's going to be a lot of points scored. Matt Ryan um, in the dome. Quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I think either quarterback is a good play. The Falcons stink on defense, but that offense is so good. Um, Cowboys are going to be missing some key pieces, so I am I'm targeting that game. Russell Gage is a sneaky play, um, but I think he might be highly owned. So what I would do is potentially target C.D. Lamb, who's actually less than Russell Gage. Russell Gage is 4.8 thousand um, while Lamb is 4.7 thousand um, which is obviously cheaper so Lamb could be a sneaky play um, and then if George Kittle is out in terms of value I, honestly Jordan Reed's a no-brainer right? Oh yeah no Jordan Reed I, I wasn't even thinking about that yeah that's a good guy to look at um, I mean he got targets last week you can almost probably play him anyway um, but no I was going to say the Jets defense would be my pick they're the minimum um, the way how Joe and I play, we try to find good value on defense and go cheaper generally. And really all you're looking for are a couple sacks and potentially like a return touchdown. And you're more than doing well for your defense there. So yeah, that's it. I would just say Jets defense, keep an eye on them. My initial frustrations with DFS last week is that I had every blow player in different lineups. So my goal mm. moving forward, and I'll, I'll report back next week on this is I need, le- I need consolidation 
I need deep meditation on which guys I truly believe are going to blow up. I can't go putting them in different lineups. Let's bring it together. One nice lineup. We'll go from there. So, yeah, what I like to do is try to get that one lineup where it's like, okay, this is the one I really think is going to be the one where it's all the guys who I really like. And then I like to spread them out too in case it does. I guess it does blow up. So I'll usually enter multiple lineups and I'm not working Friday. So I'm pretty much just going to be doing daily. Um, just studying DraftKings all day. I'll be cooking up the witch's brew Friday afternoon. No work for me either. That's, that's the beauty of this week. We're ready to get to Sunday. I bet you are too. Um, a- any last thoughts here before we wrap up? No, it was happy to have football back. I'm kind of ready to keep rolling here. And honestly, I mean, I appreciate everyone who's listened to the podcast. I'm sure Joe is going to say the same thing. Um, any thoughts, improvements, criticisms, anything you guys have, like, please let us know. We appreciate all feedback. Um, and so just thanks for listening if you made it this far with us. Yeah, this is uh, definitely a period of, of growth. We have a lot of time on our hands. Believe me this. Um, if you're with us now, you'll be with us later, growing with us, you know, helping with the feedback. We definitely appreciate it. Um, that's, that's week two. That's a preview. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. As always, this is, this is the churn. You're tuning in to Sir Bron and the commish. You set your lineups. Leaves. <laughs>